five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. I like to draw and paint. I like to wake up late, but I don't like to clean my room. I like when mommy bakes the challah and the cake. Sometimes I get to lick the spoon. I can get up and stand if someone holds my hand. Then I can walk along my way. I like to talk to you and when you listen to whatever I have got to say. We can all sing. We can all sing.
Sinai revealed to us the laws of life and through the darkness came his light to guide and guard us on and though we seem to stand apart every one of us beat with a single heart together we remember we are one the basamic dashing glory then the heartbeat of Jerusalem we pray to see it rise again the home of David's song we know the day will surely come the return of our king to Jerusalem eternally together we are one yes together locked in harmony to walk along the path of unity as the shining
Shepoilas, 
Avramo. Avram Fried calls it the uh, hits medley. Before that, Baruch Levine had uh, Hishbati. Hine Mato was Benny Elbaz. Mordechai Ben David with Hine Anochi. No Delacha. That was Eli Schwebel. Around the year done by Mordechai Ben David. We are one done by Mordechai Ben David. 
Biyachad, that was Mordechai Shapiro, and Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. This always happens toward the end of a format. Uh, today's the last day of our regular music format until, I guess, Erev Shabbos Nachamu, right? Erev Shabbos Nachamu will be the next time we play quote-unquote regular music, which is uh, July 31st. So, um, so whenever this happens, where we're about to drift into a three weeks format or a Sphera format and slow things down and go completely a cappella most days and all that stuff, whenever that happens, I always, <laughs> I always try to find songs that I've been, you know, very into and that I likely won't hear over the next three weeks. To put on. So at some point, just as an example, I mean, this No Dolacha from Eli Schwebel is an amazing tune, which obviously came out during COVID-19 at the height of the of the difficulties. Uh, Mordechai Ben David's Hine Matov, excuse me, uh, Hine Anochi, which we played, uh, that's a song that has come back on the wedding scene. When you're, when you're, well, before COVID, when, you know, weddings had a certain length of time and you were waiting around for an hour for the Hassan and Kala to come into the reception... Uh, very often uh, during those months uh, this year, the um, one of the slow songs they'd sing on the bandstand would be the classic Mordechai and David Hineanochi, which I'm assuming goes back about 35, 36 years. I'm assuming in that area. Anyway, so I think you get the point. Uh, we even did Around the Year, which was that medley of literally, you know, Rosh Hashanah through, you know, the next Rosh Hashanah, um, which came out years. I'm mean, talking about three and a half decades ago it came out. That was at the height of the um, of the craze. I mean, since then it's become normal, but that was the height of the craze here in the United States, where so many um, artists were putting out medleys of their uh, classic tunes. And of course, you know, the Jewish music industry followed suit, and and uh, you had that concept uh, around the year. What was the uh, Hooked on Classics? I think it was called. I think it was a takeoff on Hooked on Classics. Uh, where they had this incredible um, medley of classic, classical selections uh, that were sped up and uh, and modernized a bit. Anyway, going a little too deep into the history, I guess. Wednesday morning on this July the 8th, day 16 in the month of Tammuz, the year 5780. Tough Shin Pei, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away, and I thank all of you for tuning in around the world. Remember, starting tomorrow, it's a three-weeks format, but we're here. We're here every single day. And Avrami is in Saturday night, and Matis is in Sunday morning. And we're here every single day, or through Tisha B'Av. Um, we, we, in fact, are, are going to have, that was the question. The question was, are we going to have a Tisha B'Av program uh, live streamed from the New Springville Jewish Center like we've done the last couple of years, and it looks like we are. I got the word yesterday. So that's always a great lineup and a really good, effective way to spend Tisha B'Av uh, right after JM in the AM. So we're here every single day, even Erev Tisha B'Av, on Tisha B'Av itself. Yeah, we're here. You get the point, right? Yeah, we're here. <laughs> so, uh, so even though the three weeks format starts tomorrow, stay with us. Stay with us every single day. You'll be glad you did. Um, 76 degrees with 74% humidity. Winds are south at 9 miles per hour. Afternoon thunderstorms. been so many of those recently. And some of them have been really dangerous and have flooded a lot of areas. 
Crazy storms. Afternoon thunderstorms, a high of 85. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low 74. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, high temperature, 88 degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 82. We're at 76 degrees here in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. By the way, in Israel, um, I am heard uh, with a one-hour music program every evening, Sunday through Thursday, between uh, 6 and 7 p.m. East uh, Israel time, 6 and 7 p.m. local time in Israel. I'm heard for an hour every night, Sunday through Thursday, on Radio Coldplay, which is 107.6 on the FM dial. And uh, we will be presenting, we will be presenting during the three weeks, a cappella uh, programming. So you, so that, that show continues if you're in Israel and you enjoy tuning into that on your regular radio, so to speak, at 107.6 FM in Israel. Uh, that's going to continue uh, during the three weeks and obviously afterwards as well. So no breaks. No breaks for the three weeks. We make sure to uh, provide for you uh, all the great programming that we are committed to, no matter what format and no matter what radio address we may be at. Uh, JM and the AM, Wednesday morning broadcast with Joey Newcomb. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem.
ואני יודע כי באה השמש מצל גופי המתארך על פני המרחב ואני יודע שאני מתגעגע רגליי אינן מגלות לי את כיוונם ואני יודע שירד פה גשם זוהי שתיקה של אדמה מחכה ועוד נצמיח כמו רקפת על הסלע אחת אינה דומה הרי לחברתה ואני יודע שיש רך ויש קשה כמו האדמה והסלעים על פני השדה יש בי אמונה אתה יודע בקולי השבור נותרה מעט מנגינה לבדי בשדה, אינך מגלה, אינך מכסה. הולך לבדי בשדה, אינך מגלה, אינך מכסה. הכל צפוי והכל נסתר, מה אעשה ומה אעשה. ואני יודע בשמש, מצל גופי המתארך על פני המרחב. ואני יודע שאני מתגעגע, רגליי אינן מגלות לי את כיוונם. ואני יודע, אף שלא ראיתיה, שאיילה מסתתרת פה בין האורנים. היא שומעת שבאה הסתיו. שהיא תרוץ עלי שלכת נשברים. אהרן רזל עם הולך לבדי בשדה. מאט דאב בפור דאב עם אדמה, אתה שומע ג'וי נוקאם, ותודה רבה, השם. Wednesday morning in America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web and NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galaitza in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. It's Wednesday with 76 degrees, afternoon thunderstorms, and a high of 85. Tomorrow, our Shiva Sarbatamu's special will include Charlie Harari as of now, and it looks like Shlomo Katz as well. We've got a lot of interesting stuff going on even during the three weeks format. Galaitza, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for our Wednesdays next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גלי צה"ל מירושלים השעה 2, שלום רב, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. הקרב על ועדת חקירה פרלמנטרית לבחינת ניגודי העניינים של שופטי העליון. יושב ראש הקואליציה מיקי זוהר הצהיר לפני מספר דקות, הליכוד יצביע בעד ועדת החקירה לניגוד עניינים של שופטים. כתבנו יניר קוזין מזכיר כי מוקדם יותר פעלו בכחול לבן על מנת למנוע את תמיכת הליכוד בהצעה. יושבת ראש ועדת הקורונה בכנסת, חברת הכנסת יפעת שאשא ביטון, מתחייבת אצל יעל דן בגלי צה"ל, לא נאשר הגבלות מבלי שנקבל הוכחה שהן מחויבות. אנחנו נמצאים במצב חירום, ואנחנו נזמן את המשרדים כדי שייתנו לנו תשובות וייתנו דין וחשבון. Okay. ואני אומרת לך באופן חד משמעי, שאם יהיו הגבלות, שאנחנו לא נקבל עליהן את הנתונים ולא יצליחו לשכנע אותנו שהן נדרשות, אנחנו פשוט נבטל אותן. 
בתוך כך סוכם על הקלות בהפעלת המסעדות, על פי המתווה שסוכם עם משרד הבריאות, במסעדות שיש בהן מספר מתחמים, יוכלו להכניס בכל אחד מהם 20 מבלים בחללים סגורים, או 30 מבלים במקום פתוח. משרד הבריאות ומשרד התיירות סיכמו על שורת הגבלות נוספות שיחולו על בתי המלון במסגרת התו הסגול. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג. במסגרת התו הסגול המותאם יבוצע רישום של אורחי המלון בכניסה, תתקיים הפרדה מלאה בין העובדים לאורחים ויורחבו שעות פעילות חדר האוכל. כמו כן ייסגרו לאלתר הברים והמועדונים במלונות. המתווה גובש לאחר הידברות ממושכת בין נציגי משרד הבריאות לשר התיירות אסף זמיר. מספר הנדבקים במסיבת הסיום בתיכון מטרו ווסט ברעננה עלה ל-57. אחד הנדבקים הוא תלמיד תיכון אוסטרובסקי בעיר, שם ממתינים מאות תלמידים לתוצאות הבדיקות שלהם. כזכור, בשבוע שעבר הגנו התלמידים נשף סיום ללא ידיעת בית הספר, שבו לא נשמרו הנחיות משרד הבריאות. הנאשם באיומים על ראש הממשלה נתניהו שוחרר בתנאי שבת זוגו תאשר כל פרסום שלו ברשת. מביאים את הפרטים לראשונה כתבינו יובל הראל וליה ספילקין. הנאשם איים מספר פעמים בטוויטר על ראש הממשלה ובנו יאיר נתניהו וכתב בין היתר, הגיע הזמן להתנקש בנתניהו. בית המשפט שחרר אותו בתנאי שבת זוגו תפקח על פרסומיו ברשת, ובנוסף נאסר עליו לכתוב כל דבר על ראש הממשלה ובנו בחודש הקרוב. מטעם עורך דינו דניאל חקלאי נמסר, מרשי יתנצל ויבהיר בטוויטר שמעשיו היו חמורים. תלמידי תיכון שנחשפו לחולי קורונה מאומת חויבו להיבחן בבחינת הבגרות, מאחר שלא נשלחה אליהם הודעת האיכון שדורשת להיכנס לבידוד. הביא את הפרטים כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש. יותר מ-20 נערים מחוף הכרמל נפגשו השבוע בבית של אחד החברים, ואז התברר כי אחד מהם נדבק בקורונה. חלק מהם קיבלו הודעת איכון הדורשת להיכנס לבידוד, וחלק לא, ובית הספר דרשו ממי שלא קיבל הודעה רשמית להגיע היום לבגרות באנגלית, והם נבחנו ללא תנאי בידוד. הילדים שלנו מופקרים, זועמים מורי התלמידים, הבגרויות חשובות יותר מבריאות ילדינו. ומזג האוויר מחר ירידה קלה במידות החום. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
נפחד כלל.
Amazing Sandy Shmueli, Ana Hashem. Im Ein Anili Mili, that was uh, Isaac B. Tone. Tani Liyad and B'chol Yom Shiavo, Lenny Solomon opening up the hour here at JM and the AM. Tomorrow, it is tr- turning out to be, I don't like this word, <laughs> I don't like the term, uh, Shavasar Batamu's special. <laughs> I don't think the word special should ever be attached to Shavasar Batamu's or to uh, Tishabov, but I must say, if we are going to call it, for the purposes of sharing it with our friends at World Mizrahi, if we are going to call it a Shivasar Batamu's special, it is turning out to be quite a special. Because it looks like, uh, and of course it's ever-changing, as uh, as you would suspect, but it looks like, um, it looks like that the 
Shavasra Batama's special tomorrow will include Charlie Harari, Shlomo Katz from Efrat Israel, and Rabbi Ari Khan from Israel. Uh, th- those are three amazing, amazing guests. So Shavasra Batama's tomorrow, uh, when you start your day with us, uh, not only uh, will it be um, uh, the start of a three weeks format, it could be one of the most inspiring shows of the year, frankly, with the guests that we're going to be having. So keep that in mind for tomorrow. Uh, feel free to comment on our app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, one of our listeners says, is this Stairway to Heaven new? Fabulous. Thanks, JM and the AM. It is uh, Lenny Solomon with Bechol Yom Sheavo off of the album entitled Simchat Chaim. So when you search for it, you're looking for Simchat Chaim. Uh, don't forget to get us your resumes. Don't forget to get us your resumes. Those of you out there who are looking for a job or if you know somebody who's looking for a job, it's very possible we could help in that area. Uh, resume at NahumSiegel.com. Just send it to Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Anything in the Jewish not-for-profit executive category, obviously we will forward to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. Uh, and they do have jobs available, by the way. They, I mean, uh, Willie Hochman has told us more than once uh, there are openings in Jewish uh, executive not-for-profit positions right now, even though a lot of not-for-profits are laying people off. Uh, so keep that in mind. And um, and again, get the resumes in. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Our friends at Artscroll, they are uh, reminding all of us about promo code radio. 30% off and free shipping on the Chumash with teachings of the Talmud with promo code radio. 30% off of all weekly Parsha books with promo code radio. Go to Artscroll.com and save and enjoy the uh, all the different works that they have. Uh, you'll see them online for the three weeks, for the nine days, for Tisha B'Av. Etc. Etc. There's a lot of material there. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A and H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best. Now available the Kosher Hot Dogs at Trader Joe's nationwide and at kosherdogs.net. Ten percent discount if you use promo code radio. Kosherdogs.net. Check it out and enjoy. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. If you haven't yet contributed to the um, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting Spring Fundraiser to help keep us going. Excuse me. Sorry about that. A little sneezing. Um, If you haven't yet contributed, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And if you want to just send in a donation, it's Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Sweet three, New York City, one triple O two, and I thank everybody who is a twenty twenty supporter of the work that we do. It is much appreciated, and none of it is ever taken for granted. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Sarah Goodman came to Ellis Island. Many years ago She came with memories No one will ever know She tries to forget But it's hard not to recall When things get tough She has that picture on the wall It's one of the many That the woman owns Over the years now, her collection has grown 
of all her pictures, the large and the small. She loves that picture of the western wall. Standing there so humble, yet standing there so tall. It's a symbol of her nation that rises when it falls. Throughout all these years of troubled history, that wall survived just like she. Now she's living on the east side, afraid to leave her home. For an older woman, it's a jungle made of stone. The baker, the butcher, the grocery man, they say she's rarely seen. But like the rest of the neighborhood, they know her dream. She's been telling them for years now, just you wait and see. Jerusalem is where I'm gonna be. But she only has that picture of the Western Wall. It's a symbol of her nation that rises when it falls. Throughout all these years of troubled history, that wall survived just like she. Slipped under her door, followed by a mysterious knock. To our dear Mrs. Goodman, this is for you, sign the people on your block. She stares in disbelief at what she finds in her hand. It's the money and a ticket to her promised land. Standing there so humble, yet standing there so tall. Tears of joy running down her face by the western wall To the crowd around her, her story isn't known But they could feel the wall shake when she kissed those aged stones
Praise him with the timbrel and dance around. I said, Praise him with the guitar, fiddle, or the pipe. Praise him with the sound of a crashing cymbal, cymbal crashing so loud. Everything that breathes, let him praise Hashem, and we all sing hallelujah. in the AM oh, with Diaspora on a Wednesday morning. Go. JM and the AM, Hallelujah, done by Diaspora. Before that, you heard the uh, 
Western Wall selection, an oldie but goodie from Destiny, also going back like three and a half decades. <laughs> wow. Ana Hashem with Sandy Shmueli here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning on this 8th of July to 16th of Tammuz. Tomorrow is a fast day. Tomorrow is the fast of Shivasar Batamuz. Uh, again, I don't like using the word special when it comes to Shivasar Batamuz, but tomorrow morning, you really could call it a Shivasar Batamuz special here at JM in the AM. We already have confirmation from Shlomo Katz, Rabbi Ari Khan, and it looks like we're about to get confirmation from Charlie Harari, all to join us tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM with uh, inspiring words, and maybe in Shlomo Katz's case, some inspiring song, a cappella style, we'll see, um, for Shivas Rabatamu's in the start of the three weeks. So we continue to do what we can to uh, keep our programming as inspiring as possible and as relevant as possible, and tomorrow is an excellent Example, start of our three weeks format is tomorrow morning. This is the final day of our regular format for a while. On the 31st of July, that's Erev Shabbos Nachamu, we'll get back to our regular format. Weddings continue on August the 2nd, please God. And we are hoping for a very, we're going to try to make August and the period of time between uh, Nachamu and the Rosh Hashanah as exciting as possible for our listeners uh, with some contests, prizes, and just livening things up. A bit more than usual. Uh, maybe we'll even hit the road a couple of times in August and September, uh, as we did last week during our live lunches. Maybe we'll hit the road and be able to visit some communities as well. Who knows? We'll see as uh, we continue to take life day by day, as everybody's been doing basically since Purim time. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. The Yetzirah, the evil inclination, tries to lead a person astray so that he should be nichshol, particularly in the areas that a person has to rectify. In fact, an individual might have been put here in this world specifically to rectify that very sin. The Zerashimshan writes, according to the intensity of the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, that one will know exactly what he needs to rectify in his life. He states, A person was created in order to rectify something in the world, or one particular mitzvah. The Baal Shem Tov writes that it's precisely in this area of mitzvahs where a person may think that he's weak or ineffective that in truth he possesses extra strength and power. But the Yetzer tries to convince him that he's weak. The person says, I could be careful in every area, but not in that particular aspect. Actually, the exact opposite is true. If he'll only make the effort, he'll see that he does have the strength. The Medrash says that it's not enough that a person does tshuva for our Averis, because even though we may have emerged meritorious in judgment. We still nevertheless lack a huge part of the Tikkun Olam in which we all must participate. An individual who wants to be Mekayim Torah and Mitzvahs in the proper way has to search. We have to understand our unique obligation in the world and try to be Mesakim or rectify anything that might have been corrupted. The great Rebbe of Rishon once said, that during days of tshuva, one has to think about three things. To do tshuva, 
on our Averis, our sins, to do tshuva on the mitzvahs that were not performed completely, that lacked kavana, feeling or intention, or weren't done properly. And the third is, we have to rectify that which we were put in the world in order to correct. Each of us gets certain times of inspiration that are sent to us from Shemayim. We need to be able to take advantage of those opportunities to be nisairer, to be inspired, and to return to Hashem, Belev Shalem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning with Shmuley Unger and M.S. Uh, here on a, a final day of our regular format. Tomorrow we go into our three weeks format. What a way to start our three weeks format tomorrow. Looks like we have Charlie Harari, Rabbi Ari Khan, and Shlomo Katz all joining us at some point between 6 and 9 tomorrow morning as we uh, kick off the fast. According to what we have in front of us in the New York area, the fast starts at 3.30 in the morning. Wow, this is going to be one of those rare occasions where I don't eat the morning of the fast, the early, early morning of the fast. I don't think I'm getting up that early. Maybe I'll stay up till midnight and eat then. That might be an option. Uh, anyway, it's a long fast in this part of the world and uh, longer in certain parts of the U.S. if you're in the western part of certain time zones. And uh, we're getting set for our three weeks format that begins tomorrow. Uh, well, it's been a, uh, it's been quite a, let's see. Let's see. Purim, I believe, was March 10th, April, May, June, July. It's been quite a four-month period, one-third of a year, uh, that we have had one topic that has dominated the headlines and has dominated our thought processes, and that's the topic of coronavirus, COVID-19, where the Jewish community and, frankly, the medical community in general would be without Dr. Stuart Ditchick. I don't know, uh, but I figured this is a good time, as a lot of camps have already opened up, Obviously not in New York State, referring to the overnight camps. Um, some camps are set to open the next few days. Um, numbers spiking in states outside of New York and New Jersey. Uh, looking a lot more numbers-wise like New York and New Jersey did. Uh, Israel going through what they're going through. I think the city of Beitar is one example of a city that's now under complete lockdown as of this morning for at least a period of a week. So with all this going on, I thought we'd get Dr. Dietrich on for a, for a comprehensive um, update regarding COVID-19. Dr. Stuart Dietrich, great doctor, great author, wonderful representative of our community. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nahum. Thank you. You're dating me with Rabbi Ari Khan. We went to high school together in BTA in the 70s. Wow. <laughs> Was he a great source of uh, Jewish inspiration back then as well? He was. Many of us were not, but he was. Yes. <laughs> so you're so you're both Uyghurs officially. Correct. Well, I, I didn't play for the Uyghurs. I I was not of that quality. But, ball but you know, but but, I, but, I, but but if you're in the school, you're a Uyghur, whether you like it or not. <laughs> correct. Um, all right, Doctor Dietrich, you heard the topics already. I just basically reviewed them. Yeah, you have to be. Let's start with with this. Uh, I love starting with a positive. Y you have to be somewhat impressed. I know that that you have been skeptical over the last four months with the way people in our community have been addressing the situation, especially as concerns uh, you know a greater number of people when they're responsible for big crowds or or a lot of children, etc. But you have to be impressed with the way some camps, with the way some camps have prepared for their three, four, five, six week session. Because I have my eyes on particular camps right now who are set to open or who have opened already, and it looks like they are going beyond the call of duty to make sure everybody stays safe. Would you agree? Absolutely. The You know, we've been helping, as all pediatricians and internists have, we've been helping the camps get up and running by helping out with the screenings, uh, helping out with the, you know, with the safety protocols that have been put in place. We've already picked, we picked up a new positive yesterday on a young man, a teenager who was about to leave for camp today in Pennsylvania. 
uh, and he was detected right here in my office yesterday, which, thank God, prevented exposures to many hundreds uh, in that camp. So, you know, for those camps that are complying, I think it's been working out incredibly well. Um, There are camps that I'm told that are less compliant. I don't know yet where that's going to turn out. I know there are some camps out of state from New York that have already had in-camp exposures that have dealt with them very professionally, uh, isolating the individuals who were exposed and contacting the families immediately. Uh, so, yeah, overall, I think they've been doing a great job, and I'm proud of that. On the other end of things in our community, and you've been attesting to this since Purim, frankly, on the other end, there are segments uh, of our community. I don't mean religious segments. I'm talking about geographic segments and you know just pockets of people in different areas um, uh, who, who are not taking things as seriously. I was frankly warned to stay away because of my age and because of the fact that, I mean, I have no antibodies and I don't even know if that means anything. You've explained to us that that down the road it probably doesn't mean anything, even though people have made up their own stuff about that. Uh, So, you know, and I've been, and I was warned not to show up at a specific place because nobody would be wearing masks and nobody would be social distancing. The only thing they'd be doing would be not shaking hands with others. That would be the only precaution they'd be taking. I'm sort of getting penalized for taking this really seriously since Purim time and doing my best not to get sick. So, Nelson, let me address that, because that's such a critical issue now, and that is an area of great disappointment within our communities right now. Uh, And you can contrast it to the great job the camps are making an effort to do with the jobs that certain individuals within our community are are working against. Because when you don't comply with, with... regulations or with proposals that will decrease community spread of infection, you're harming your own cause. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Right now, uh, we're working closely. There, there are uh, new cases right now in Deal, New Jersey. Uh, I know because most of my practice relocates to Deal. Uh, my uh, office staff will tell you we've been busy all week with positives in Deal, uh, with contacts that are unbelievable. There have been some big indoor parties there with no social distancing, and we're starting to see uptick of cases in Deal right now. Uh, Unfortunately, we had two positives yesterday and uh, two the day before. Uh, One of them was contracted in the backyard by somebody who showed up sick uh, and got a 75-year-old sick. Uh, So now what I will speak to within our communities, which is something I think needs to be talked about, I am told that people who are wearing masks in certain areas uh, and complying with the rules of social distancing are being ostracized. Yep. Uh, specifically, they're being told uh, the pandemic's over, you're a fool, why are you wearing a mask? Uh, I heard some terrible stories of things that were occurring upstate recently uh, where people were forced to confront others uh, and people who were actually shamed for wearing masks. That is bizarre. When you look at Israel today, they were down to zero cases in Israel, near zero. Uh, They're in a state of a lockdown today in many cities in Israel. Uh, If you look at Florida, Texas, we're down to subclinical number of of cases in both of those states. Uh, You see what the results are when people behave badly. We're seeing the results in those states of Memorial Day weekend activities. It takes weeks and weeks to build up the numbers where we can epidemiologically understand what's going on, uh, track the number of hospitalizations and eventually deaths. So why we in our community, any of us, would take upon ourselves to shame others. I have a patient 
who was a very high-risk patient with a serious lung disease, a mother in my practice. Uh, and she was told two weeks ago here in Brooklyn while shopping, uh, why are you wearing your mask? Take your mask off. The pandemic's over. You're making everybody look bad. Uh, when I hear other people discouraging people from being safe, that is contrary to halacha. That is contrary to everything we stand for. And all the efforts we've been making to get camps open out of New York State will be thrown to the wind if we if we allow activity like that. You know, I've said, I've quoted somebody who at the beginning of this thing, when they were analyzing the situation, especially in regard to our community, uh, they said that ignorance and arrogance is a uh, it leads to a lethal situation. And the, and, and the arrogance in our community, sadly, and I'm in the community, so, you know, I, I think I have a right to say it. The arrogance, I, I, the arrogance in, our, I, in our community in regard to this is so unbelievable, and I mean that literally. It's hard to believe that we, as a people, as people of God and of faith and, of, and, and concerned for others always, family members and others, including 75-year-olds like you cited from that party, uh, and on top of that, are concerned about the Chilol Hashem. No, you know, back <laughs> there, there are experts based on what happened in the Spanish flu who are saying, be prepared. We might be wearing masks for the next year or two. It just might be the best practice in order to get through this whole thing. And we as a community in, in, in certain places are just, you know, completely poo-pooing it. It's fascinating. And if you watch the activity, watch physicians and nurses in general. Look how they're behaving. The majority of them are fully compliant. Uh, the physicians in my community, we're all davening in outdoor minyanim at this point. I don't know a single physician who's davening in an indoor minyan in my community. Uh, they're all being cautious because they know the risk. Uh, you know, my wife and I went shopping last night. Uh, we were in uh, a Target store here in Brooklyn. Uh, we did our shopping very quickly in and out. There was not a single person in that store not wearing a mask. Uh, contrast that to what's going on in, in some of our own supermarkets and some of our own stores where people are actually being discouraged from wearing masks. That's the Chilol Hashem. And even if you believe that this is over, which it is not, when you discourage people from wearing masks or you yourself refuse to, you are creating a Chilol Hashem, which is beyond the risk of a pandemic. You know, I, I, I want to, Dr. Stuart Ditchick is with us. For a moment, I'll leave all the politics out and whether things should reopen, shouldn't, we should have safely, you know, allowed uh, indoor dining in New York, et cetera. I mean, that, that, that can be debated forever. But what can't be debated is that the reason that the numbers went as low as they did, you know, it's funny, people in our community think the reason the numbers went so low is because everyone, in our, because quote unquote, everyone in our community had it. Well, guess what? <laughs> Not everybody in our community had it. And, you know, if it's 1% around the country who were, who tested, forget about dying, I'm talking about just who, who've tested positive, you know, I, it, maybe it's higher than that, slightly higher than our own community in certain densely, you know, populated areas of the Jewish community. But you know how much higher do you think it could possibly be? So the reality, the reality is that that the, the only reason this really went down to close to zero is because of the work that everyone has done to adhere to all the rules and regulations. And then when you relax the rule, and I'm not telling people not to go shopping, I'm not telling people not to even socialize, but there's a way to do it. You know, I said to you that you know my kids wouldn't let me go anywhere on, on a Cholamite Pesach. There were some 
possibilities of online concerts. They said, no, you're staying in the house, et cetera, and I'm sure you would have advised the same. When it came to Log Bomer and they said, okay, now you know we got to get started get, getting back to life, go do the event, but be very careful. So they did set up an area for me, you know, six feet away from everybody in this studio, et cetera, et cetera. Now, a lot of people in that room between me and you were not complying, but at the minimum, there was no handshaking. They, most of them wore masks as much as they could. If they wanted to speak directly to me, they faced away from me and from others. Like everyone knew that even if they're wearing a mask and they're only two feet away, still don't speak into someone's face. So like sort of like just because of the education we got, 99% of the of the rules were being followed. And, and the majority of what needed to be done was done. And thank God, I and nobody else in that room got sick you know, from that event. My point being that if people would just comply with what they were willing to do and with, with, they understood how important it is to do just a few months ago, 99% of it would be completely taken care of and, and their lives would be relatively unaffected. So let me, that's 100% true, Nachum, but let me tell you the flip side, which people don't want to hear. Uh, we are now seeing what are suspected to be reinfections in at least small numbers. Uh, Crown Heights, which was a community that was two to two and a half weeks ahead of the rest of the communities in Brooklyn, uh, started to see what they suspect were some reinfections in specific families. Meaning I someone who got sick is sick again? Correct. Documented sick antibodies and then recovered and then now got sick in the last week and a half. The health department is assisting some of the physicians in that community now trying to figure those out. Yesterday, uh, we uh, discovered a newly COVID-positive young lady. Uh, this is a very, this is actually a proven reinfection uh, right now, and we're working with the health department on this one. Uh, this young lady, whose mother is still critically ill after 15 weeks in one of the ICUs in the city, who wants to be a mother in my practice, who's critically ill, uh, 53-year-old mom, uh, that uh, one of uh, that individual's children has recultured positive after exposure at a party over the weekend in New Jersey. Now, how do we know she's a reinfection? Uh, because this young lady had tested negative for the virus several times. Uh, in fact, she had low level of antibodies at some point. Uh, she uh, tested negative because she was only allowed to go visit her mother if she would be tested negative. So she tested negative a number of times and now is positive after there were three cases at least at this party of infection. So if somebody so says, if is, somebody's 70 years old and they, and they, and they had it and had it have antibodies, they got to be crazy not to follow the rules. A hundred percent. And so what the point is, the greatest experts in the world, uh, and my working group, uh, as I've told you about, we meet every week at 5 p.m. Uh, on Sundays. Uh, and it, this is a large group of 20-plus experts. We invite experts from all over the world to speak on our forum every week to educate us as we develop new research protocols, uh, every virologist, every immunologist we have hosted uh, or uh, we've uh, had as guests on our forum, some of them are members of our forum, has said the same thing, that we do not understand the immunology or the immunity of COVID right now. All we know is that we certainly develop antibodies in many cases, not in all cases, and that those antibodies decay over a period of 80 to 90 days, the ones that we're able to measure, the ones that we can't routinely measure, uh, we do not know if they confer any longer immunity than that. And if you look at flu, influenza, 
Uh, we know that you can get influenza multiple times in a season, and certainly yeah, uh, uh, different forms of the flu give you more risk. The only, the great benefit we've had so far is this virus has not mutated dramatically. Therefore, the efforts to control it are going to hopefully be better with a vaccine. But for those of you who believe that you can walk around with a certificate saying you have antibodies, you're at no risk of getting or transmitting this disease, you are living in a dream world. You may be proven to be true two years from now when we have the data, but nobody whose expertise in the area of immunity has made that claim. Not a single expert that I am aware of has told us that there is long-term immunity once you've had COVID. What we do believe is that in the communities that have high numbers of cases, like Crown Heights, if we do see reinfections, which we believe we might be seeing at this point, uh, it could lead to larger number of cases, which points to your point exactly, which is why on the side of safety and wear a mask and wash your hands and keep distant from each other and don't have indoor activities with hundreds of people, which is what's going on in certain elements of our community. You know, one of my kids said to me the other day that they were in a situation, obviously by accident. Thank God my kids wouldn't do anything stupid on purpose. Um, they said they were in a situation where they felt they were in an environment where people weren't being safe. So mom and dad, I'm just, we're not throwing them out of the house, but they said, I'm going to, you know, for a couple of days, I'm going to make sure not to go very close to you because just in case, just in case, just in case, and obviously they're going to be tested. That is the attitude. You're not telling people to not live their lives. You're not telling people not to go shopping. You're not telling people not to visit their elderly parents responsibly. If at this point they feel that at a distance, you know, that visit can take place. You're just begging people to use Seichel. You're begging people. Correct. <laughs> just, and, just, and and by the way, you're not telling people not to dive in with a minion. You know, even, no, even though no. you, even though you don't like the indoor minyanim, mine you would approve of. We have a 600 seat sanctuary with 25 people, so you would approve of that one. But I, but I, absolutely. And and by the way, my own experience. You know, my wife and I go out. Uh, we go shopping. We go to different activities. You know, we do meet other people right. under socially safe circumstances. We keep our distance. We wear our mask. You know, we're doing everything to bring our lives back to normal. The only way we're going to get back to normal is if we comply with the rules. I'm, I'm fully in favor of every business opening, every school opening, but we need to follow rules to keep us safe. That's all we're asking. I'm so glad you mentioned the schools because depending on, you know, which, which TV networks and news networks you watch, you get different opinions. Uh, I mean, it's it sounds like if you if you're ready to open schools and obviously you know with a pl- like we discussed with the camps with a plan and responsibly etc. You're willing to admit that the rate of infection in in kids is relatively low. In fact, really relatively low if you look at the at the full scope of things. And and in addition to that, there are ways to deal with adults in school situations who, God forbid, do test positive. I, I I would assume if you're if you're in favor of reopening the schools in our community. That, that you do believe that those systems can be put into place and they can be dealt with responsibly? They can. What worries me, Nahum, I'm advising certain schools here in the New York area, both in Brooklyn and Manhattan. Uh, you know, we've been advising them for weeks already on reopening plans, on structuring the classrooms, on spacing, things like that. We've been working very hard to reopen schools. However, the schools that are talking to me or other physicians that I know are very serious about regulations and reopening. That's why uh, they're talking to, to you. That's why they're Correct. talking to you. Right? Unfortunately, we're not getting as many phone calls as you would expect right. because there are schools that were even operating during the shutdown. Right. So, you know, we have to understand 
that the best efforts we make by opening the right way may be lost when schools don't comply and do things the wrong way. It's a, so it's, the point the point is we have to all do this together in uniform fashion to open the schools up safely. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemSiegel.com on the Nahum Siegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Dr. Stuart Ditchick is with us live via telephone. By the way, I know I'm holding you for a long time. If I'm, <laughs> if you need to run, let me know. Um, by the way, th- this whole attitude of, um, you know, comparing it to the flu, and therefore, you know, once once I had it, can't get it again, which again, you've, you, you've told us how ridiculous that is, but, you know, that whole attitude is, is if you're going to be convinced that it's flu-like, the coronavirus, then you have to start fearing that once we get to the beginning of the school year, September, October, November, that it can come back, you know, with a vengeance because we know that every season, especially the autumn season, brings along with it, you know, a, a lot more flu. So if you're going to compare it to the flu, if it, it, then 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 you should be upping your game tremendously during the summer months to educate our kids and our adults what to do in a situation like this. And there are so many reasons this is not comparable to a flu. All experts will tell you that. Uh, the only compar- uh, uh, comparison is that they're both viruses, but that's the only comparison. You know, when we dealt with swine flu, uh, it, it hit us very hard, but the, the, the number, the way it affected our society was only for a short period of time. Even the way we managed those people in critical care settings was similar to every critical care patient we'd seen prior to that. There was no difference in how you managed a swine flu critical care patient versus a critical care patient with another type of infection. However, with this infection, we didn't know how to manage these patients safely at the outset because, quite frankly, this is a disease that we're writing the textbook for as we speak. We still don't understand many aspects of this disease. Right now, I'm getting calls, as most of us are here in New York, from doctors in Florida, Uh, and in Texas, who are anxious to find out what worked and what didn't work here in the New York area. Uh, Quite frankly, I'm shocked at some of the phone calls I'm getting, uh, because some of the uh, hospitals, the smaller ones for sure, are not prepared yet in terms of protocols, in terms of which medicines they should or shouldn't be giving at this point. So the fact is, this is no flu. This is not similar to flu in its behavior it's highly contagious, much more contagious than any flu that I've been familiar with. Uh, and quite frankly, we need to gear up for the fall. And right now, most of the efforts of the group I'm working with are research-oriented. Uh, we have new drug trials. We're actually under approval process for now. I'm the co-investigator on several of those drug trials right now. Uh, and we're gearing up for the fall to be- better save lives, knowing that we have to be prepared. We're not sitting on our hands saying things are great. The medical community and the research community is working very hard to keep people safe in the fall right now because we are scared of what's going to happen if we don't have a vaccine by the fall. That is not meant to instill fear in people. It's meant to instill confidence in people that we're working very hard overtime now to make sure people are safe in the fall. The reality that in places like Florida, Texas, Arizona – uh, the average elderly American is being very careful. And I think that that's 
a pretty safe thing to say that the average elderly American is in places like that and throughout the country, frankly, outside of our community, of course, uh, are, are handling things you know, the way they should. With that in mind, uh, and the average um, person who's testing positive in places like Florida and Texas is in now the 30s, meaning in the, you know, the age range of the 30s, do you anticipate a, a quick turnaround and these numbers to start dropping in states like that? We know that the death rates are much slower and much smaller than what we saw here in New York and New Jersey. Do you assume that the positives, as they get a handle on the situation, will start to go down? No, I think it's going to accelerate for a while, unfortunately. You know, today uh, we, were, we hit the news of 60,000 positives yesterday in the United States. That's a record. We never reached those numbers during the peaks in March and April uh, here in, you know, when, the, when it started. I think we have to pay attention to what Dr. Fauci said two weeks ago. Unfortunately, we're probably going to be looking at close to 100,000 cases per day in the very short future. That is a very dangerous number. In terms of the, num- the, the reason we believe we're seeing younger cases is because a lot of these were linked to activities on or around Memorial Day when right. people were gathered in the thousands. I believe a lot of it is linked to the protests that occurred around that time where young people were massed in the hundreds of thousands throughout the United States. Uh, and quite frankly, as you said, elderly people are being more careful, thank God, uh, we now know how to manage nursing homes much better. All nursing homes throughout the United States, to my knowledge, are under pretty much lockdown, right. including screening of employees on a regular basis. So we're protecting the nursing homes. However, the death rates, the way this epidemiology has worked out, is caseload is followed by hospitalization rates, is followed by death rates. So we won't know the, the number of deaths until the next few weeks, the next two to three weeks. However... I would caution everybody that we just got out of the July 4th weekend, where, again, there was a large amount of gatherings without proper rules being observed. So I am not comfortable that just because we're seeing younger people, we will see uh, less less dramatic results. I know that we'll see less deaths, obviously, because younger people don't die at nearly the same rate. However... Uh, I'm going to remind everybody that in the New York area, what we did see in younger people were strokes and, and blood clots in large numbers. So they're not reporting that yet in those states. And I believe that once we see the numbers fall out in the next two to three weeks, what we're going to hear is that the those complications for the young people will be more prominent. However, the death rate will probably remain much lower than it was here in the New York area. And those strokes and blood clots, as you've pointed out to me, both publicly and privately, um, can lead to a lot of health problems down the road. So people who, yeah. are, who are looking at things like that casually and just thanking God that they didn't die from this thing, God knows how much shorter their life will be because of the conditions that they're getting uh, due to COVID-19. Uh, some of the comments we're getting from our listeners, one says, I'm constantly seeing on Instagram weddings and there are tons of people and nobody's wearing masks. That's unbelievable that our people are allowing videos to go around where we are blatantly not following the rules of these weddings and celebrations. It's really scary. Plus, it's keeping me away from events, Dr. Dietrich, and that and that's unfair to me, as I described too earlier. Uh, also, yeah. also um, someone writes, how about Jewish vacation programs that openly advertise that they don't do social distancing minyanim. And certain news sites where the comment sections are filled with comments about communities who are being careful and therefore are being publicly 
ostracized. It is unbelievable. You follow the rules. You try to do what's right. And I don't just mean from a Kiddush Hashem standpoint. You try to do what's right for those around you and keep your parents, grandparents, and kids safe in the environment. You end up being criticized for it. I never would have dreamt that that would be coming from our community. I can only imagine. And and one of our listeners writes, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I'll paraphrase what they're saying. What's it like, Dr. Dietrich, to be told by somebody whose last science class was in fourth grade 40 years ago in yeshiva that COVID is over with someone like yourself who's up to date on the on the latest that is one of the great medical people in our community thinks otherwise. <laughs> you don't have... I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, all of those comments. I, I have to tell you that, you know, it's just so contrary to who we are as a people when you hear these things. You know, the, the greatest medical minds in, in history came out of our communities historically and continue to. Uh, the greatest uh, peace, Nobel Peace Prize laureates, everything came out of our communities. That didn't happen by ignorance. It happened by combining our, our tremendous faith with our tremendous ability to achieve. And when you do things like this, when you berate others for trying to do the right thing, you wash out all of that history, in my view. And I'm, I'm ashamed of that. I really am. It is unbelievable, I'll tell you. It, it, it is shocking that uh, our people have uh, reacted this way. By the way, how much do you admire the Torah giants, and I mean giants, who've made a commitment not to return to shul because they feel it's not safe for them to do it at their age? It, it must, you know, and, and, and we know how badly they'd like to dive in with a minion, frankly. But they are not ready. They are, not, they are following Dr. Fauci. They are not ready. Correct. They are not ready to... to to go into this environment, you know, where there's a 1% chance that they're going to come out sick, God forbid. 1% and they're not willing to take that risk. It's incredible to watch. I've written about it. I've spoken about it. Rip David Cohn, who I'm very close to, uh, has been one of the leaders in that area. We helped him uh, get up to Camp Monk recently, where he spends every summer. The camp was hugely helpful in setting up a safe circumstance for him to be there. Um, I have to tell you that most of the Rabbanim who I've been in touch with, the vast majority are following exactly what you just said, and they're doing it by example to others. And I have to tell you, I have great admiration for the Rabbanim for the way they're behaving throughout this, uh, especially uh, in the way they're uh, making a point of showing that people at high risk cannot be indoors for long periods of time with others, which is exactly why an indoor minion for a high-risk person is very risky. So they're doing the correct thing by leading by example. I'm glad you pointed that out. A hundred percent. And maybe some of the people who would run to Rabbi Cohn and many other great postkin, many other great halachic decisors on so many different issues, maybe they should run to them to consult how to hold a bar mitzvah or a wedding or some type of social event in their community uh, to do it the right way and to do it following the rules. I have a feeling that if they went to someone like him with a question like that, our events would look much different. Absolutely. And and they have to look different for a while. I, I just, you know, I have to tell you, it, it, people have such short memories. The weddings that were happening during the peak of COVID, it, you know, if you remember, those beautiful small weddings with the Hassan Kala distance from everybody else, very small numbers, under 15 people, 20 people. Yeah, it was very painful on the one hand for a young Kala to have to have a small wedding, on the other hand, it was inspiring to see them celebrate beautifully, those families, 
under the best circumstances they could. And I think we should remember those days. It's, they seem to have been forgotten. All of a sudden, those are gone and now being replaced by events with five, 600 people again indoors, which is shocking. Putting 600 people in an indoor venue for four hours is just egregious. It is interesting listening to young couples talk about how incredible their wedding was. They admit it was different, different than their expectations, but incredible like you just described. So weddings are different now, but uh, they still can be incredible and still provide amazing memories, especially when, thank God, uh, you know, the, the Hassan and Kala could have their friends there and the crowd may not be gigantic, but there could be, you know, a decent number of people there who want to be there and celebrate. So correct, correct. Uh, I thank you very, very much. <laughs> I, I, I can only imagine that he, you, I don't know. I don't know who, I, I don't know who could possibly claim more than you that they have COVID fatigue, frankly, <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> I am COVID fatigue. I'm waiting to, my wife and I are trying to figure out how to get away for a few days. Cause quite frankly, it's been a very long few months, but Baruch Hashem, you know, I'm inspired by the people around me. I'm inspired by my staff who've been in every day. They haven't missed a single day since we started this uh, parsha back in uh, early March. Uh, and I'm inspired by uh, most of my patients who are incredibly patient and compliant and doing the right thing. And, and I'm inspired by people like you who hang in there and don't get cynical when certain of us don't do the right thing. You know, we have to remember that the majority of us are doing the right thing, I hope, uh, certainly have in the past. And we also have to keep in mind that, that our behavior is being looked at uh, throughout the world because New York was the epicenter for COVID here in the United States. And unfortunately, we suffered more than any other state in the world. Uh, and people are looking at how our experience went and how our experience is going forward. I don't think anybody appreciates that in the lay community. While everybody's focused on Florida, California, Arizona right now, uh, there are many experts looking at New York now to see, to study immunity, to study antibodies, to study viral behavior now during the summer months when we thought it would be gone. You know, I, I want to remind everybody, do you remember all the myths when we started out? Yep. There were pre predictors who said, oh, the hot weather is going to kill COVID. Yep. Uh, I would remind everybody that the average temperature in Phoenix is 107 degrees. Right. The average temperature right now in Miami is 95, yep. and COVID is not gone. It's thriving. So, yeah, I, it, it's been a long haul, but Baruch Hashem, we're here. And, and I'm, I'm grateful to Akkadosh Baruch that I was uh, gifted the ability to live through this. And I want to live through it again and, and get back to normal life. Do you remember the uh, week of Pesach? That's a, I do. That's and a week you'll never forget. I'll never forget. And, and we lost a lot of people. You know, people seem to have a very short memory of the numbers of people who died uh, alone in hospitals during that week. Yep. Uh, it was the, the worst tragedy I have ever witnessed, I ever uh, hoped to witness, because... I think that's part of the challenge we're having right now, that people were not allowed into the hospital, so they couldn't visualize what was going on. To them, it was a number. It wasn't a person that was dying. Uh, but when you see a, a member of our community or other communities dying alone with no loved one to hold their hands through those last hours, uh, that was a very painful reality. And uh, I want to remind everybody that we never want to return to that again. 
And that's why you're so passionate, Nachum, because I know you appreciate that. Uh, we never want to return to those days of Pesach when our loved ones were dying alone in every hospital in New York City. If we believe life is precious, let's behave as if life is precious. That's really, that's really the message. Dr. Dietrich, I thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you so much. Enough. Have a good day. Be well. Dr. Stuart Ditchick on a Wednesday morning here at JM in the AM.
Cohen and Adaraba. Lule done by Shmuel Younger. You heard Jakob Shweki in there with Perfect World. The Atta done by uh, Barry Weber to open up that set. It's amazing how many stories have been called into me. It's really amazing how many stories uh, have been called into me in the last 10 minutes about things going on in our community that are simply outrageous when it comes to gatherings, masks, minyanim, etc. Just unbelievable. If you missed the uh, conversation with Dr. Dietrich, uh, please, um, please, please, if you missed it, please check it out. Please check it out. Um, oh, wow. Listener Leia says, our Rav in this in this uh, prominent city does not attend Minion. He makes sure rules in shul are followed. He's not let me go to shul because I work in a nursing home. Wow. Very good. Um, then this listener says, thank you for the interview. It's tremendously validating for those of us following the rules and observing the mitzvah of guarding your nefesh. I hope this interview will reawaken the awareness for the importance of bringing, of bringing safety to ourselves and others. Yeah. Halavai. 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 As we say, uh, tomorrow on this program, I'm calling it an inspiring Shivasarvatamu special. Because Charlie Harari, Shlomo Katz, and Rabbi Ari Khan are all scheduled to be on. It's going to be an inspiring uh, Shavasar Batamas special right here at JMM tomorrow between 6 and 9. Make sure to be tuned in. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best. They're in every Trader Joe's the hot dogs are nationwide. Every Trader Joe's nationwide. How cool is that? Thank you, A&H. And Trader Joe's. And you can also go to kosherdogs.net and save 10% with promo code radio. Kosherdogs.net, promo code radio. Uh, also, a reminder from artscroll.com 30% off and free shipping on the Chumash with teachings of the Talmud uh, with promo code radio, and 30% off on all weekly Parsha books with promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com and always use promo code 
Radio. If you haven't gotten us your resume yet, remember that um, we're trying to help people with uh, the getting jobs, frankly, and anything in the executive, not-for-profit Jewish world we pass on to the Joel Paul group. Um, send us your resume. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Simple as that. And those of you who have not yet supported our spring fundraiser, our 2020 fundraiser, please do. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Become a sponsor of our great programming here at the Nahum Siegel Network, fjbunity.org. If you want to just send a donation, uh, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Well, for those of you who uh, remember the old days at the Homoac, uh, there was a young kid in those days, his name Yaakov Norowitz, who would play chess against 16 people at once. No joke. 16 people at once. He is an international uh, international chess master, I guess would be the right uh, title. I'll, I'll ask him in a moment. He's now in his 30s, and he is uh, one of the best chess players in the world and a proud member of our community. And... On July 13th, on July 13th, which is Monday, he will begin a Yaakov Norowitz virtual chess camp. A Yaakov Norowitz virtual chess camp. Your kid can literally learn how to play chess uh, the way a champion does from July 13th through August the 28th. Information, go to Yaakov, Y-A-A-C-O-V, YaakovChess.com slash camp, Yaakov, Y-A-A-C-O-V, chess.com, slash camp. Yaakov Norowitz, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank, thank you, Nachum. Thank you so much for having me. Am I still the only one to defeat you at Speed Chess? Was I the only one? I, who- I, believe, I believe so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the home whack will- yeah, we played blindfolded. I believe. I think you you won. Oh, that's so, right. In the Homewack, he didn't just he didn't just play sixteen people at once. He played sixteen people at once blindfolded. And the tr- <laughs> and the truth is, the truth is, I did not win. I don't want Yaakov's reputation to diminish. I did not win, but I believe after the first move, I was winning. So I do tell people that I had been yeah. a, I had been in a position where I was actually defeating Yaakov Norowitz at chess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> By the way, when you did the blindfold with sixteen people, you were always you were always white. Correct? Am I right about that? Well, no, no. well, just it, I, it was it was four blindfolded. Four, four, 16 was was, ah, was so was, sixteen was the round the, 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 at once, and then four was four four people you played at once blindfolded. Yeah, exactly. and and you were always white in both of those situations. I, I think uh, blindfold always white. I, I just have a better feel of of the board uh, when, right. when, when, I, when I'm white. Yeah. But if you would uh, play, I mean, would it affect your performance if you played blindfolded and 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 had the black pieces in, in all four uh, games? A little, a little bit. I mean, even affects what time of the day. And I can only do it in the morning. It has to be. Has to be. Everything has to be right. And you're saying but, that. And you're saying that now in your 30s or even 20 years ago, you could only do it in the morning. Uh, good question. Even then, even then. Really? I didn't realize that. So when they scheduled you to do stuff like that, in all seriousness, they did it before lunchtime. Like they did it. I told them in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I never. Wow. I'll tell you the things you learned. (laughs) That's, that's fascinating to me. So if I was, if I was smart, I would have gotten you right before bedtime and played you then. Exactly. That would have have been the smart (laughs) thing to do. Has your chess playing 
I don't know. I mean, at that time, I remember you described to us you were completely obsessed with it to the point that you dreamt of chess moves at night. I mean, has oh, it been has it been that way for the last twenty years? Like, has it been basically just as intense for the last twenty years, or, or not? Um, no, a little less. I'm trying to do a little more balance and, and stuff. Like, I, I was doing some, some yoga recently, and that's trying to balance it. it chess is chess is. At the top level, at least, it could be could right. be a little bit intense. It's grueling, right? It's grueling. It's, it's grueling. Yeah, I, 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 I guess. I guess the the yeah. best way to say it is a draining experience, right? That, that you feel completely drained when you finish. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all. Yeah, yeah. These tournaments are six hours, so you either love it or or sometimes not. And you've described it's, to us that that one of the best things that happened to you was when, frankly, you were born, because if you would be in an era pre-internet, it would have been much more difficult for you to find competition. To, to you know to improve your game because of the internet you were able to find people around the world to play against and you suspect that your ranking is higher than it would have been a generation ago am I right about that yeah I did, yeah I got to play against top players in the world Kasparov and stuff I mean it right. was yeah it was, it was lucky. who is number it, it, who is number one today like who's recognized right? yeah um Carlson Magnus Carlson in in, uh, in uh, Norway is Nor- recognized Norway. as the best chess player in the world right now yeah, yeah, and and would you have an opportunity to play him via the internet? Or wouldn't that would not happen? <laughs> he he uh he actually this was ran a few weeks ago. He he, he sent like a chat. I I wasn't even sure it was him, but I checked it. It was him. He 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 wanted to know my my name on the chess site, and he said we could play bullet sometimes. So I'm still waiting for uh, some and, chess. And, bullet. And, bu- and bullet means what? That the computer program actually actually times how long it takes for you to make a move. Yeah, bullet is is uh, usually like two two minutes a whole game, wow. a whole game two minutes. And and uh, and is a player like him who's number one in the world is he for sure great at bullet, or it's possible for someone to be great at regular pace chess and not be great at the two minute game? Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, there's there's some players who play slow. I, I think I I think I I heard that back in, in years ago in Russia they. they they banned speed chess. They didn't allow it. They felt that chess was supposed to be a solemn occasion where you had to think a long time. Right. It's like when they when they brought, when they brought in indoor soccer, like you know, to, right, right, right. Like, like how do you how do you do that? That's terrible. You know, <laughs> everyone thought that was the worst thing possible. So if you do chess in, in a two minute game, it it loses the whole most of chess, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I can say I actually think it's more artistic. I I, I have a personal feel like if you play, I mean, fa- that fast maybe it may be very fast unless you get a lot of experience but but uh it's it's uh when when you think a long time it sometimes just becomes a little bit of work which is the faster controls you could be more creative and and like artistic yakov norowitz is with us do we know what you're ranked are you in the top i don't know hundred thousand like what are you in the top uh (laughs) well in speech test i just hit number 17 recently in 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 the world wow Uh, that's amazing oh thanks um, Mazel tov on that. Is your game is your game very different than when I knew you twenty years ago? Like the game itself. Forget about the fact that you're improved. Obviously, you're improved. You're you're much older, and you've have all these you know, these years under your belt. But is your is your game different? Yeah, like I've been teaching a lot, so it, I think it's become been thinking more about the ideas. Like as I teach, uh, I've been developing some some new ideas about chess, about a harmony. Uh, light squares and dark squares. Uh, actually, around the time when when we met, maybe the first time is when I started developing it. So, 
maybe it's not just a coincidence. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I just started uh, developing thinking of ideas uh, about how there's two boards: a chess board, the light board, and a dark board, and we're trying to build harmony on on both boards. So you've become philosophical about chess. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It sounds like there's a book in there somewhere. You could actually... Oh, oh yeah, how do you know? I don't know if I... No, you, yeah, didn't, I'm, you I'm, didn't tell I'm, me. You didn't I'm, tell I'm, me that. I'm, but oh, I'm just yeah, thinking this I'm is something I... That, seriously. Yeah, I'm coming out with a book in about like a month or so. Oh, you got to let us know when it's out. That's really cool. Oh, thank you. Um, And and, and you're telling me... You're, you're, the, let's say for argument's sake that you had the same Talmud background as any... You know, Jewish yeshiva kid. You know your uh-huh. a, your age. Did that help in 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 the chess <laughs> experience, or it's irrelevant? Because everyone always thinks like, oh, you know, if you have a Talmudic head, you'll be good at chess. But is that true, or how would you say it? Yeah, I, I think it has to help. I think it, I think it definitely helped a lot. Interesting. It, uh, yeah, it, you, you know, there's a misconception. I think chess is, is just thinking, as if it's math. I, I don't think that or or. or you know, just just this logic, it, it, it's and seeing ahead. It's it's not it's not that, but there's a lot of that, and and there's a lot of creativity. And I think uh, Gamora has uh, you know has uh, has that both. Are, are most great players bad teachers? Because you're known to be a great player <laughs> and a great <laughs> coach. Are, are most are most of the great players in in able or unable to to coach kids and to you know and get them on the on the chess hey. path? It is interesting. I, I mean, I'm enjoying teaching kids, you know, these days. And uh, okay, you have to really get into how they're thinking and, and make it fun. I mean, but right. it's it's tricky because like it, it sometimes has to balance. Like uh, teaching, it's it's nice, but sometimes it, the, lately I've been learning how to, to um, how to think from their perspective, adults and and kids really. And uh, yeah, it could be. Then I have to go back to the books and, and start. Uh, and I think <laughs> it, I think it's obvious that you know on Zoom the one-on-one you know chess uh, coaching chess lesson would work. Obviously, uh, I mean, why not? I mean, obviously, live and in person, I'm sure is better. But by Zoom, it'll, but does the Zoom work for a chess camp? Can you have I don't know ten kids on the same chess virtual <laughs> chess camp like you're doing starting on July 13th and and actually teach all of them at the same time? Yeah, yeah, I've 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 been in touch with my close friend Michael Kruglak, lifelong friend. He's been doing some some groups with uh, on on online. In fact, he tells me it's even better than in person. It's even easier because everyone can see everyone's screen, and it's, uh, you can mute the kids when you need to uh, keep them quiet. <laughs> uh, but but uh, no, it's it's actually. Uh, it's actually pretty pretty uh, conducive for for uh, for learning. Very interesting. What age is this for? The Yaakov Norowitz Virtual Chess Camp starts July thirteenth. Is coming Monday and goes till the end of August. If you're interested, yakovchess.com. That's Y A A C O V. Yakovchess.com slash camp. This is for what ages? It's going to be for like I would just say yeah. It's going to be going into kindergarten or five or six. Let's say five or six is, is by the youngest. The youngest, and uh, till uh, 17, 18. And if the six-year-old and the teenager are in the same Zoom class, that's fine with you? Yeah, if we we have a, we're going to play it by year. We might split it up into, into two classes. We have morning and afternoon, but we might split those those two up too. All right, very cool. I'll tell you. And, and six years old is not too early, right? No, 
Oh, I'm teaching some some six year old, five year olds now. Do you? I mean, one on one. Do you start literally one on one, like with rules of the game, or you expect anybody who contacts you they know the rules already? Yeah. So so I, I'm encouraging, like, just as well as anyone, in, even to learn the rules. I think uh, I think learning the rules uh, in a good fashion like this is is uh right so to go over the rules the way you teach them is worthwhile <laughs> exactly i think i think that sometimes like i mean i don't want to go too detailed but let's say pawns uh, pawns in a, in a diagonal could, could act like like a mini a miniature bishop right. if you put pawns in. so these little things could teach the rules but it's also strategy which maybe even masters what's don't the, know. what's it called when you, what's it called when you sacrifice a pawn what's that famous term uh, a, a gambit gambit Gambit. Is that what it's that called? Right? A Queen's Gambit, right? No, Queen's, not... Gambit, Queen's Gambit. Queen's oh, Gambit. Yeah. Right. Okay. You like that, huh? I do. I <laughs> don't, do. Don't, I worry, do. don't worry. It's the only thing I know. I barely know how to castle, trust me. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Are you a, you're a big castle guy. I remember you would castle like early in the match. like by, oh, by Always mo- castle early. Always castle early. Always? you got to have the king, uh, the king and, as a and, baby. And by the way, is does every master around the world agree with you? Everybody would say in the first five to ten moves you castle? <laughs> yeah. Excuse <clears throat> me. Yeah, you, you got to castle as soon as possible. And does it matter but, which side you're castling to? You want to do it on the short side or the long side? Shorter side is is faster, so I would say I would say usually short side. Wow! Short side. Oh, because you get rid of the pieces faster, right? Yeah, wow. yeah. Interesting. And people think castling is a, is a defensive move, but it's not because when you castle, then you could attack for real. Then you have right. nothing to worry about. Like it's like you're going to war. You have a baby with you. The king right. is a baby. Hide the baby. Very you. interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I'll tell you. I love. I love these conversations with you. All oh, right, you. Yaakov. Oh, Nor- I, I'm sorry. Oh, can I add that the first? The first. I, I want to encourage people to to try because I know it's a new thing. Uh, chess camp. So people could try out uh, for a day and uh, and see how it goes. And that would be this Monday. This Monday, I, I do this Monday, but yeah, any 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 day they could. Um, oh, so uh, just be in touch with you, and you can figure that out. Um, yeah, yeah. By the way, we should mention, I'm assuming, especially if you're doing classes at different points during the day, our listeners in Israel and other places are welcome to join in, right? Oh, that would be beautiful. Yeah, oh, that, would, yeah that would be, yeah. All right, so Yaakov Norowitz is a professional chess coach with 20 years of experience. Much more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, he's the 17th best speed chess player in the world. Um, his virtual chess camp starts this coming Monday. Details. Uh, Yaakov Chess, that's Y-A-A-C-O-V, yaakovchess.com slash camp. And his recommendation is if your child is between 6 and 17 in terms of years of age you sh- and you're interested in this, you should certainly inquire, go to that website and uh, follow up. Yaakov, uh, let, us know when the book, yeah. let us know when the book comes out and good luck with the camp. Thank you so much, Yaakov. Thank you. Always Thank you. a pleasure. Yaakov Narowitz on a Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. want to thank those who are commenting on the app. Go to the uh, NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. And again, I thank uh, those who are commenting, including listener Miriam, who says, we want to wish a huge mazel tov to our daughter, Daniela and Avi Robinson, who made Aliyah two years ago and now bought an apartment in Efrat. So proud of them. That is wonderful. Thank you, listener Miriam, mazel tov, Daniela and uh, Avi from all of us here at JM&M, and I think we were on that flight when they made Aliyah two years ago. And it's going to be uh, a tough adjustment for us not accompanying a big group of Olim this summer. What a different summer of 2020 this summer is going to be. Uh, JM in the AM Wednesday at 10 minutes before 9 o'clock.
feel lonely? Did you ever feel lonely with people all around you? No one's found you.
Salz gewonnen als Bastruft auf Sinn. Hand ist dort, für jeden Sort, voll jammer mehlig heilt, er fuhrt im Wald, er wird gesinnt. Alles ist lebt heute, sie seht und schlägt, es rast im Brech, es schluft nicht mehr. Wie ist der Teufel in jeder Sache? Es liegt das Sache, Gott, mir seht nicht klar, als ist der Teufel. Es sieht wie Salz, Besen halt, mir seht nicht gut, nicht weit geschnallt, es kann nehmen Zeit. Es rinnt a trirle, der Mann dich für den Kirle, was fand er in der Empire später Alles ist lebt, Teufel, wie etwas voll. Gedenken ihr so, vermehrt im Gold. Alles ist lebt, Teufel, weit und schnell. Es kann niemand sein, auch teures Mann. So. Coming up on the Nahum Siegel Network. Nine o'clock, it'll be a bite-sized encore with Yoni Pollock. Wednesday live lunch with Avrami between 11 and 1. Tonight, Charlie Bernhardt with an hour of Jewish soul. Great cantorial music beginning at 7 p.m. At midnight is the repeat of JM and the AM. Tomorrow morning, our three weeks format begins. Make sure to be tuned in. Our Shavasa Thomas special 
is scheduled to include Charlie Harari, Shlomo Katz, and Rabbi Ari Khan. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Yaeli Greenfeld wrapped it up for us here at JM and the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Tomorrow, a fast day. Let's hope it's a fast, meaningful, and uh, inspiring fast day. Speak to you then as we kick off our uh, three weeks format tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.